When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island, this is Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. And welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And I know something the listeners don't know. What? That my wife's a rock star. Uh, okay. Well, we're going to talk about why she's a rock star this oh episode. Oh my goodness gracious. No, I'm not a rock star. No, you are. I just, it's okay. I just happen to, to like all things Scotland. Like I have you- Scottish heritage. And I do not have a fear of public speaking, which is shown whether it's on a podcast or on television as a TV host. And luckily, there's a way for those the, my talent to to join with one of my passions. <laughs> well, no, no, you're you're a rock star. It's okay. You're like the Rhode Island Pat Benatar. <laughs> Stevie Nicks. No, my goodness gracious! Please ignore Blake, my friends, as he is full of lies, full of lies. Joan Jet. But I will tell you something. Over the past decade that we've been in the Outlander verse with with Outlander cast, my appreciation for all things Scotland and Scottish has grown even more than before. And Blake, you know, you don't have to to our knowledge you don't have scottish heritage not an ounce now granted you still have to do that 23 and me thing that i bought you I, I still, for your I, birthday and it's shocking that i haven't done it yet i everyone everyone who knows you all of our listeners their jaws are dropping because you of course would want to know your background but who knows who know, maybe maybe this fall we will find out that well you, you know what the thing is it's like once i do it then it's real Yes. And like it's real no matter what. Yeah, I know, but may, maybe I want to have some romanticized version of what I am. Well, you know, and this is a challenge to all listeners out there. You know, if you've never done your DNA testing and you're wondering could you be Scottish? Yeah, find out. Yeah. Go for it. Splurge. Get your get it for Christmas for your birthday. Hashtag not but a no matter what, you can enjoy all things Scotland. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's through Outlander, whether it's through music, or whether it is through local societies like the one that we're going to be talking about today, because there are societies for people who either hail from Scottish heritage or enjoy Scottish culture all over the world. And we have a really special event happening with the one right here in Rhode Island. So let's get into this show. Yeah. 
Joining us today are Patty Pereira and Jim Kelleher, both members of the Rhode Island St. Andrew Society and members of the 100th anniversary celebration of the Rhode Island St. Andrew Society Committee. Patty and Jim, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. For having us. Absolutely. All right, so to kick things off for a moment, for people who may not be aware, would you mind telling us a little bit about the history of the society? Well, the St. Andrew Society for Diet is 100 years old this year. It first started back in uh, October of 1923. A letter was sent to a few Scotsmen that were living in the Blackstone Valley area. And on October 25th, they had their first meeting and became the St. Andrews Society of Rhode Island. Now, how did the St. Andrews Society as a whole begin? You know, like where where did this concept for for the society begin? At least in America. It started in the 1700s. Um, there was a society in North Carolina. There was also one in Philadelphia, which is still going to this day. And the Scottish people tend to like to help each other and take care of each other. Um, they would pride themselves on being independent. So they'd make these societies for uh, charitable benevolence and also for social aspects to keep their cultures and traditions going. And how did it come to be here in Rhode Island? You know, <laughs> my husband, my husband has a lot of Danish roots and Irish roots and everything. So when he heard about there being the St. Andrew Society here in Rhode Island, um, he had no idea. So, you know, is is it common? Are there a lot of people here in Rhode Island with Scottish heritage? Well, there's there's been a migration of Scots um, and diaspora, obviously, throughout throughout the world, beginning really with the clearances in, in the mid 1700s. And certainly some of those folks came to Rhode Island, but it was really the prevalence of the mills in Rhode Island that became sort of a magnet or expatriate Scots because of the skills that they had developed back in Scotland. They had ready-made jobs here. So, uh, and, and eventually folks, you know, as, as Patty alluded to, um, our society was founded by some Scottish businessmen. So there were folks that prospered in that business and they would naturally gravitate towards hiring countrymen when they arrived. And, and Pawtucket, because of it being the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution and the entire United States um, became sort of the, the the epicenter of that. And for people who don't really know the origin, how did the name St. Andrew's Society come to be? St. Andrew is the, is the patron saint of Scotland. And um, Scotland was at one time a very Catholic country and, and therefore very saint-centered um, and, and as we all probably know, the Stuarts were the last Catholic kings of, of England and of Scotland. Um, so that became uh, a, a focal point for the folks, again, who left the Highlands and left the clearances were predominantly the Catholic Scots. And their patron saint was important to them. So thus the name. So as we had all of these Scots come on over across the Atlantic and had the St. Andrew Societies begin to to organize here in the United States. And of course, we had our own here in Rhode Island begin. Um, it has now morphed into not just people who, who have Scottish heritage, 
But but more than that, so what? Who are the current members in the Rhode Island St. Andrews Society, and what what do they do? Well, uh, we have a membership, an active membership now of about 140. And years ago, the the number was significantly higher than that. But a lot of cultural societies and social societies have kind of gone by the wayside. We've tried very hard to make sure that we keep our people engaged. Um, we have folks from every walk of life you can imagine in our organization. Uh, we do some charitable work. We do. Um, we have social activities that we get together. We have we have our formal functions every year. A few of them. We have several informal functions. We have um, we have a whiskey tasting that we do every year. That's kind of renowned in the southeastern New England area, and I suppose that's both social and cultural. <laughs> um, we have, a, we have a, a summer picnic just coming up a few days from now. And then, of course, we have our gala that we'll talk about a little bit later on. And who gets to join? Is it just people with Scottish heritage like myself? Or could my, my poor husband become a member? <laughs> we, we like to say that our organization is for Scots and Scots at heart. And I think that's probably true of of a lot of uh, cultural organizations, because you know there was a time certainly here that you had purebreds a term we use for animals and that <laughs> people, but 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 you had a lot of purebred Scots, and and that's not necessarily the case anymore. As as people came to the United States and assimilated into the so-called um, melting pot, so there was a time certainly that our organization. Um, was just for folks of Scottish descent. And eventually they opened the doors and had kind of associate members who were not Scottish. And and those folks are now obviously full members. How many St. Andrews Society uh, are there across the country? It could, is there one in like every state or is there one in every region? What does that look like? Uh, Some states have one very large one. Um, Some states have some in every county, depends on uh, what their Scottish population is like. They're actually all over the world. They're in most countries around the world as well. However, you're going to find a, a Scottish person, you probably will find a St. Andrews Society. <laughs> I love that. Well, so basically, it's open to everybody. I mean, like, I know it's open to everybody, but if you're in Idaho, let's say, there's probably one there and they could just walk right in and, and say, okay, I, I want to join the St. Andrews Society. Absolutely. It's very open to everybody. For people who've never been or learned about these, um, do they have to dress and wear anything in particular? It's certainly encouraged, but it is not at all required. We we have, I mean, people think of the Scots, they think of kilts, among other things. And we have um, a tartan designed in this state that is the official state of Rhode Island Tartan. It's, it's this tartan of the St. Andrew's Society of Rhode Island, and it's recognized by the Rhode Island General Assembly as the official state uh, tartan. It's proprietary to us, and um, it, and our tartan is manufactured in Scotland, and our kilts are made uh, by uh, McDonald kilt makers in West Calder, Scotland, which is about 
25 minutes to the west of Edinburgh. So cool. And Blake and I, of course, have been able to see it. You actually have it in a tie, I believe. No, we, we gave it to your dad. Oh, as, as, well, now yeah. I know a present that you'll be getting <laughs> soon, my love. We have more ties, Blake, if you'd like another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could tell you as a Scot at heart, and, uh, but ju- also a, a Viking in, in blood, um, I've really taken to wearing kilts. I, I, I have fully adopted it and it's, it's certainly, uh, I think it's probably my preferred, uh, garb. If, <laughs> if I could just walk around in a kilt all day, if it was like socially acceptable at work, then I, I would do that, but I wouldn't want to scare the, 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 the ladies that are around me. I, I, I would say as, as a gentleman, it's interesting because when you put your kilt on, you feel different, you feel special. And it, 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 it's it's really the truth, and everybody I know that 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 wears them says the same thing. Um, so, but having said that, to answer your question, Mary, no, you, you don't need to have a kilt. You don't, you don't need to have a woman's kilt in our society. Um, you know, our our formal events tend to be more formal, but there are a lot of ways to to dress up without necessarily wearing the uh, the Scottish garb. I love that. Now, for people who are interested in becoming members, are there dues? There are. Our, our dues are, are, at the moment, are $25 a year for an individual and $40 a year for family membership. And those go to defray the cost of some of the activities that we have during the year. We publish a, a newsletter uh, three times a year. And, um, and we have events that we, uh, that we fund as well. So... But but the dues are, are are certainly affordable and reasonable, and uh, and it helps to keep the cost down. I know you had said at the beginning if I wanted to interject something, I uh-huh. do think um, you don't have to wear a Rhode Island kilt; you can wear your clan kilt as well. Oh, I'm sorry, absolutely correct. Sure, and 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 not only the clan kilt. You know, we have one of our members wears his United States Marine Corps kilt to everything. Um, so yeah, for sure. So in addition to all the events that you're putting on, I would love to know if there is any sort of uh, charitable giving if you're if you're working in tandem with other groups uh, what does that look like uh, in terms of uh, the events and how you're putting them on and, and how you're also giving back to the community at the same time we ha- we have a couple of charities that we've supported now for several years um, we have uh, there's a charity we are the board of directors I'm a member of the board of directors and the board of directors decided, as I said several years ago, that we would we would select a Scottish charity and 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 a Rhode Island charity and and to support them both. And here in Rhode Island, we support Macaulay Ministries, uh, Macaulay House, and and there's this a charity in Scotland, the James Thin Charitable Trust, that does wonderful work, lots of work with the homeless. Um, they do work with with drug dependent folks in Edinburgh and Glasgow, and and we've supported them for years as well. Uh, we also support the Rhode Island Highlanders uh, pipe band. Uh, we've done that for years and years. And then Patty can talk about perhaps the the uh, scholarship that we're looking into. And I, and I do believe that James the charitable trust is not a trust. You're, you're exactly I think a right. A few right. years ago, it changed his name. Yeah, we also uh, we also when we see a need in the community, um, I know for instance where the tartan uh, picnic that's coming up. Um, we saw a need that they were actually collecting food and some of the food banks that were really low. So we do ask people to bring food for different food banks now and also at our Christmas Kaylee. So if we see in the community, we do try to to jump in and help when we can as well. Um, and for the um, this um, centennial celebration, 
we have we are putting together um, a scholarship program. We don't have all the details complete at this time, but you can check out our website um, in October for for more details as that transpires. Let's talk about these fun events because, of course, this society is open to Scots and Scots at heart. And Blake and I host the Outlander Cast podcast, so we've got a lot of people who love Scotland, Scottish culture. They just can't get enough of it. And sadly, we are now in Droughtlander, where there are no new episodes of Outlander coming up. So people are looking for things to do. They're looking to to wet their whistle and get involved a little bit more in Scottish events. So tell me a little bit more about some of the events that the Rhode Island St. Andrew Society puts on. Well, this year we did extra special events. We usually have our barn supper in February. And as we had mentioned, the whiskey tasting, the picnic is uh, um, next this coming weekend. We have a Christmas Kaylee. But this year, because it was our centennial celebration, we also did a curling event, which People loved to do uh-huh. curling, which is a very Scottish thing. This uh, started in Scotland. We had a genealogy informational Zoom that people came into. Um, you can also go to our website uh, to learn how to uh, find out what clan you might be in. We have a resident expert, Richmond, who can take your information and find what clan you came from. There's also recipes on the website, um, things about attire and all the different events. And Jim and Gail will be doing, uh, very, very soon, we'll be doing um, how to make... Um, Agus. Agus, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim and Gail will be doing a, a demonstration. We'll be putting it on our website on how to make haggis. We, we, yes, we've, we've, we've filmed a video, an instructional video on how to make haggis from scratch, which is a fascinating prog- process. <laughs> and it's, it's in final production now, and it will probably up, be up um, and running, I would say, within the next few days. Um, and there'll be information on our website as to how to access that and take a peek. And there'll be a recipe uh, for how to do that, and as well as recipes of things to do with your haggis. Because for the folks that are listening, um, haggis is the national dish of Scotland. And no dish has ever gotten a more undeserved bad <laughs> rap than haggis. Haggis is absolutely delicious. It's wonderful. It's extremely versatile, and uh, and for anybody who hasn't tried haggis, then they should run, not walk, uh, <laughs> for the ability to do so. So, so if they want to sample haggis, for example, and it's several of our events will feature the same haggis. Uh, our burn supper that Patty mentioned is held every year in conjunction with Burns's Robert Burns's birthday, which is January twenty fifth. Ours is usually about a week after that. They're held all over the world, and and it's remarkable that Burns has been dead for you know more than two hundred and twenty years, and nonetheless his birthday is celebrated by hundreds of thousands of people throughout the world. And Burns, uh, among his many, many, many brilliant poems and songs, penned the immortal address to a haggis, and that is a uh, a staple at our Burns supper. It's a staple at our Tartan Bash, and it will also be. Uh, performed at our 100th anniversary celebration in this October. Jim, you, you said yourself that haggis has kind of got a bad rap, and, and I will admit that the first time I ever had haggis was actually at a burn supper that the St. Andrew Society uh, put on. I think it was a couple of years ago now. It was the first time I ever went. I tried it, and I got to tell you, I quite liked it a lot, uh, <laughs> and especially with a little bit of drambouille on the top. Yeah, well, that's that's the secret. That the, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, for the for the uneducated, Drambuie is a liqueur made on the Isle of Skye, and it's a honeyed whiskey liqueur, and it is the absolute perfect complement to haggis. Although, as I said, the haggis is very versatile. When we put our haggis making video up, you'll see that we made uh, haggis puffs with whiskey cream sauce. We made Balmoral chicken, which is which is chicken stuffed with haggis and wrapped with bacon, though. I'm, I'm an Italophile, so when I make it, I wrap it in prosciutto, but it's really kind of the same <laughs> the same principle. Can I have you come cook at my house? <laughs> sure. I mean, what does sure. it cost to have you come by and just put together we, some recipes? If we have to make haggis, it's going to take a while. That I can tell you. <laughs> well, so. and, you know, just for those who haven't tried it yet, let me let me ask though. Like, what is it? Honest, honestly, though, like, we, we're all kidding aside. What does it taste like for, it, for it, people who've never had it? Yeah, like people who are scared of it. I don't know. It, it, it's nothing. It's nothing more than than sausage meat. In effect, every every culture has its poor people's food. And mm-hmm. Whether it's Italy, whether it's Germany, whether it's Poland, whether it's Scotland, whether it's Ethiopia, there's poor people's food. And, and sausage has been something that people have done for centuries when you slaughter an animal and you've got odds and ends and things that don't quite fit, you've got to do something with them because God forbid you throw them away and go hungry at some other time. So that's, you know, it's a, it's a, a sausage made of offal and, and, and oats and a lot of spices and it's like it's a spicy sausage but it's just absolutely delicious <laughs> i love that and, and patty and and jim also uh, you had jim you had mentioned the whiskey taste tasting and patty you had as well i also have to ask do, do you have a favorite whiskey that you that you like to take part of or take you know just catch a little swig of every once in a while that that's a the one dram. your go-to I, I i have a few um i i tend to prefer peatier whiskeys, which have a little bit more of a kind of a smoky taste, but there are a lot of folks that that disagree. I don't know, Patty, how you feel? Well, what I like the whiskey tasting is, first of all, they serve fabulous hors d'oeuvres that are complemented with the whiskey, and they give the history of the whiskey and what part of the country it's it's uh, it's from. So every year, I seem to have a new favorite. So <laughs> love that. And just a different appreciation, Right. Right. And, and Patty mentioned something very important. One of our members, God love him, is a professional chef. He's he's he'll be featured prominently in our haggis making video. And every year for the whiskey tasting, our our whiskey master Joe Muzzy selects six different whiskeys from Scotland, from various regions, and um, and our chef pairs them with six different foods. It's a it's a fabulous fabulous event. Fo- folks that come to our whiskey tasting typically. Are just blown away. Obviously, in the post-COVID time frame, we've had to do some virtual events. Do you find ongoing that you have a few virtual events each year, or are they now going to be mostly in person? We do have some virtual events. We actually have a book club um, that we have virtual. In fact, a couple of our members that have actually moved away still participate in our book club that's virtual. And because we're all over the state, uh, it just makes attendance really easy and allows everyone to participate, um, which I think will keep that as an ongoing Zoom event. Does someone, if someone's listening, for example, if one of our listeners is listening, maybe from Idaho, I don't know, (laughs) and they connect with you, Jim, and you, Patty, and they say, you know what, I'd want to be a virtual member. Is that something because you've had people move away uh, that you've ever had people who are from different states who still want to be a member but join in with these virtual events? We would welcome them for sure. Oh, for sure. 
I'm just picturing people drooling over this online oh, party no. stuff who might say, but I don't live in Rhode Island. What want to know more about this? Well, or, so, of course, we've got this big celebration coming on up, which is the main reason that we're having you on here today, celebrating 100 years, a century of the Rhode Island St. Andrews Society. So let's go into it a little bit more. Tell us more about this event. We're, we're so, we decided to celebrate our our anniversary in a big way. As we said, Patty has done a great job putting together several of the uh, lead-up events that we've done throughout the year. But on October 22nd, we'll be having our our major celebration at the Crown Plaza in Warwick. Um, We've got, I I think, an interesting evening. We have entertainment from Scotland. We have Jim and Susie Malcolm. Jim Malcolm is an award-winning Scottish singer and songwriter, and he's he's renowned over in the UK and has quite a following in the US. He's here in the States and we arranged for him to come and perform at our event along with his wife, Susie. Um, and our headliner is is Bill Harley, who's a two-time Grammy-winning uh, storyteller and, and is is renowned for his um, work with children, but, but he also does storytelling for adults. I would say adult storytelling, but that kind of gives a, a little bit of a different connotation. So storytelling... <laughs> For adults, and and uh, you know, I, I've heard him do his Scottish themed work, and it's spellbinding. Is really the only word that I can use, and that's what he'll be doing for us at this event. In addition, we're going to have uh, pipers, bagpipes, and drums, um, and we have the great Mary Larson as our as our MC. We're very fortunate to do that. The highlight of the evening, let me add. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll co-sign on that. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it really should be a wonderful, a wonderful time. You know, with dinner and dancing and and raffle and and door prizes. Uh, we're going to be raffling off one of our kilts from a uh, handmade kilt from Scotland, which is a big deal. We're also going to be having Calling of the Clans, which uh, which is a fun event to watch if you've never seen it. It's very fun. What um, happens for people who've never seen it? You know, for people who have no clue, what happens at the calling of the clans? Each clan is called in, and there's usually two people from each clan, and they walk in and form a very large circle. Um, it's usually done outdoors uh, with, with you know, torches and lights, which obviously we can't do indoors, but <laughs> they form a large circle, and each clan is called down to form a circle and starts off the event as a friendly way to... Uh, you know, not fight. Of course, we don't do that anymore. So. <laughs> now, Outlander fans who obviously watch the show have been able to see this, oh, granted, yes. in Outlander version, not current 2023 yeah. in Warwick, Rhode Island. <laughs> in peaceful Rhode Island, yes. So. Yes, exactly. Well, it depends how many beers we have beforehand. We'll figure that out. <laughs> when people are, are thinking, they're looking at their calendar, seeing um, okay, Warwick, Rhode Island, awesome. What could they plan on wearing? What's the cost like? How long does this event take? Just so they can start to, to wrap their minds around it and get their calendars cleared out. October 22nd is a Sunday evening. Our event begins at 5.30 with a cocktail hour. We'll have dinner thereafter and our evening of entertainment and dancing and raffle and such. Uh, 5.30 to 11 for those that are hardy enough to stay to the end. <laughs> the cost is $75. For an adult ticket and twenty five dollars for uh, a, a child twelve and under, um, that price 
is good through September 23rd. After September 23rd, it's it's 85 for an adult and 30 for a child. Um, and our cutoff for uh, ticket purchases October 10th, since we have to, you know, let the the Crown Plaza know how many guests we're expecting. So the more the merrier. And and if you have any interest in having, you know, especially for your your listeners who maybe kind of live the Scottish life vicariously through Claire and Jamie and the and the gang, um, this is a real Scottish event, and it's an in person event, and it's it's fascinating to experience it in person for those that haven't, whether it's the haggis, whether it's the pipes, whether it's, as Patty said, the calling of the clans and the wearing of the kilts uh, and the drinking of the whiskey. In person, it's it's a remarkably interesting thing. So, uh, And it should be a really, really fun evening. We've gone over some different things, but there are some people who do not have kilts or, you know, just, <laughs> just looking at their wardrobe saying, what would I wear to this event? What ideas do we have for them? Absolutely do not have to wear kilts. Um, some people prefer just to wear a tie or a sash, and some per- people prefer just to dress in casual s- streetwear. But it is um, anything you decide to wear, you're comfortable in, will, will be fine. Um, we won't let, we will not ban you at the door for not wearing a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, but ha- but having said that, it, it it's a a fairly formal event. This is this is. Um, you know, so so something that you might wear to a wedding, let's say, or or, or you might wear to. It's a typical evening dress attire yes, for a, exactly for a dinner dance. This event is taking place at the Crown Plaza, which is a hotel. Um, so for friends who maybe live outside Rhode Island, or maybe God forbid they live over twenty minutes from Warwick, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are they able to maybe spend the night at the Crown Plaza? Do you know if there's any rooms available or any of the hotels nearby if they'd like to make a trip out of this? I know the folks at the Crown Plaza indicated that they would be able to help us with with accommodations for those that would need it. Yes. So my my little ass, my daughter, she does Irish step dancing, and she's really really good at it. And I had heard that you had mentioned uh, some dancing at the at the event. Is there going to be traditional Scottish dancing, or is it just like, hey, we're we're at a wedding and we're doing YMCA, or <laughs> what does that look like? And uh, does someone like me, do they have the ability to go ahead and learn this stuff and participate in uh, some Scottish dancing, if that's even applicable? Absolutely. Uh, Scottish dancing is a huge part of the culture. Um, We actually did a flash mob at the Providence train station this year uh, to the Outlander new theme song. Um, There is, uh, we do have, uh, we do have Scottish step dancing, Highland dancing. There's country dancing in Cayley. The St. Andrews of uh, Rhode Island basically focuses on Kaylee and country dancing. Um, they're very simple to learn. Um, the, the Kaylee dancing usually involves different groups of four to six. We do do some demonstrations on how to do it. And we're just there to have fun. So we encourage you very much to join in. And it's okay to make mistakes, just have fun. Uh, we do offer a dance uh, twice a month to learn the different dances. Um, uh, my favorite is Strip the Willow. Um, there's also a Gay Gordon, um, a Virginia Reel. Those are some of the some of the more popular dances that we do. You could check them out online and give yourself a little heads up if you wanted to, you know, not feel intimidated in any way. And what I love about this is, like you said, it's an ongoing. You have these 
traditional Scottish dances um, take place in class form twice a month. And then if you're someone who's going to be coming to this celebration or one of the big events, you get to see it. So if, if maybe you have been a little nervous to try it out yourself, you could really get to see it. But also, you are welcome to learn. I know we've gone to the events, you know, We've been timid, but you're able to really kind of learn and watch a little bit and wet your whistle in case it is something that you yeah, want to try well, out. It's more like I was timid. Mary was ready to go. She was ready to get <laughs> We encourage everyone to participate, and oh, it is yeah. fun. It's it is. It absolutely is. Now we've talked about this event, the food, the fashion, the dancing, the entertainment. How can someone get tickets if they're interested in coming to our event on October 22nd? Because it is coming up quick. It is. So they can access our website, which is www.sasri, Sassari, St. Andrews Society of Rhode Island, dot co, not dot com, dot co. And there's an event link there on our front page, but they can go directly to www.sassari.co slash upcoming dash events backslash, and that will bring you to our events page. Um, and they're done sequentially. So if you look at our events page today, the first thing that pops up is our annual picnic, which will be uh, this Saturday. And after that, um, the next event is is the gala. And, and there is the description of the event, as well as a button uh, through which one can purchase tickets online. Awesome. And how many people are you projecting to come this year? I know, obviously, the COVID years, we, we, we nobody could go. It's different. It yeah. was different. But uh, how many people do you see have been coming lately? Do you expect more? Do, what does that look like in terms of the group size? Well, it's interesting because part of our, I mean, our, our, our overriding goal here in our 100th year is to celebrate our members. Right. But beyond that, we thought it was, it was a good opportunity for an outreach. There's a, I, I've heard it estimated that there's something in the neighborhood of 6,000 Rhode Islanders of Scottish descent. And the vast majority probably don't have any idea that there's a St. Andrews Society of Rhode Island there for them to participate in, them, their friends, their family members. So we thought this was a good opportunity this centennial year to kind of have that outreach. So I I honestly can't tell you what what I think we're going to have for attendance, but we would love for folks like your listeners to come check us out. Check out the website. Please come check out the event. You won't be sorry. Um, and you might find yourself hooked and then you're in. And after the celebration, what would be the next event just in case uh, people get excited and they say, I can't wait. I just want to make sure that I can continue up with events with the St. Andrews Society. What would be the next event this calendar year, just so people can look forward to that as well in their calendars? The very next event is we're going to have a a, a uh, kirking. Uh, the clans bring the, wear, wear their kilts and, and attend a, a religious service to kind of give thanks for, uh, for the ability to, to wear kilts because it was something that kind of developed after um, after the 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 more draconian period of the clearances and the prohibitions, when the Scots were once again allowed to bring their tartan back out, um, and we're having we're having that event, and as I said, I believe it's St. Mary's in Bristol um, on November eleventh. Thank you. Right, that's that's the Sunday, and after that, Patty, you can talk about the Kaylee, uh, the Christmas Kaylee. And what happens at the Christmas, Kaylee? 
Christmas candy is potluck. Everybody brings a different dish to share. Uh, we have some Christmas baskets and lots of Christmas dancing. It's truly just a fun event um, to enjoy uh, the holiday. Wonderful. Which date will that be on? November 12, says my editor over here to my left, <laughs> who, who, who also uh, reminded me that this is at St. Michael's yes. in Bristol. Thank you, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends, is there anything else that you would like to share? I think J.K. Rowling said it well. She says there's magic in Scotland. And I think when you come to Scottish events uh, with our St. Andrew's Society, I think that you can feel that. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Jim and Patty, for joining us here and for telling us about this amazing event coming up. Blake and I are so honored to be a part of it. And we hope our listeners tuning in, if you are in the Southern New England area, and if you're able to make it on over, especially those of you who are fellow Rhode Islanders, we would love to start celebrating with you and seeing you at future events. So thank you again so much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Patty Pereira and Jim Kelleher, ladies and gents. Yay! What do you think about that, Marvin? I'm just so excited. And obviously, this is a different podcast episode than we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. We're not necessarily covering Outlander. But those of you who love Outlander the way we do, you're Scots at heart. Yeah. And so Blake and I not only wanted to share this amazing event that we would love for you to come to if you do live in and around Rhode Island. We know that we have several Outlander cast listeners who are right here in the Ocean State along with us and lots of friends nearby who could come for this fantastic evening, but also to inspire you that to look into St. Andrew's Society's where you live because events like this may be going on and no matter where you are, you could potentially be taking part of some of the virtual events as well. Especially if you're a, you know, a poser like me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless we find out. We never know, Blake. I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers that somewhere in your DNA lies some Scottish heritage. We will find out, my love. Yes. But nonetheless, friends, thank you so much for tuning into this very different episode of Outlander we are super excited about this event. We would love to see some of you there. And if you do end up going, please make sure that you reach out to Blake and I on our social media channels as we want to make sure that we can say hello and, and hug you in real life. Why not, man? All right, uh, Marvin, are you ready to close this bad boy out? I sure am. All right, let's do that. <laughs> Once again, Blake and I just love sharing things that we love, especially when they're related to Scotland with you. And it's just so nice to be able to chat with friends locally who yeah. are into the things that we are into and get to broaden our own horizons. Yeah, I mean, so. it's not it's not Outlander, but it's like, it's it's Outlander adjacent. Yes, You yes. know what? I'll take it. <laughs> Same. Hey, listen, if it's in Droughtlander and it's Outlander adjacent, might as well be me talking to Sam Hewen. And uh, Katrina Balf. It's it's that it's that it, it's that special for me. Well, friends, on that note, my name is Mary. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. Make sure you head to Rhode Island. Go see Mary MC this bad boy. Oh my God. Go see Rhode Island's Pat Benatar. Stop it. <laughs> Rhode Island's own Joan Jett. Oh my goodness. Rockstar. Enough. <laughs>